it, it, a little overrated for me. They, it might be the Beatles for me. Uh, but I'll just have Braveheart beat Zootopia here. You know what? That's going to be the thing that keeps this podcast together is that we both think the Beatles are vastly overrated and Braveheart is overrated. That will be what gets us through the thin times here at Yacht Sports Podcast when Leela and I inevitably kill each other over what get, gets cut out of this episode. <laughs> Welcome to the Yak Sports Podcast with Joe Deck and Leela McRae. Yak Sports Podcast is back with more sports talk a little bit. And then we'll get into a Muppet bracket and then uh, the D block where Joe will have finally watched Moana. I'm not asking about it now. I want to wait until we get the review at the end of the show, but I'm looking forward to it. Uh, So let's jump into the sports news. We do have news out of Waynesboro just dropped down today. Patrick Kite's article is where I learned of it, but McDaniel uh, coach McDaniel at Waynesboro, he steps down from being the AD there. Uh, where he's been for some time now, and uh, he's been doing just AD recently, but he was the football coach there. But uh, big news out of Waynesboro today. Yeah, I didn't even know this news, so this is news to me. Um, but uh, it happened while you're watching Moana. Yeah, it probably did break while I was watching Moana. Thanks for that. Uh, <laughs> but we'll talk about that later. But yeah, I, I think it's kind of surprising that this happens uh, for Waynesboro. I know that. You and I had heard a rumor earlier in the year that he might be stepping down, but then that was squashed, and now he is going to step the, down. And I think the rumor of him stepping down might have been accurate because even from it was the just who the rumored Patrick, replacement was that we won't talk about yeah. because it's yeah, a rumor. We, yeah, um, it's a rumor that's true. Yeah, it's a rumor that's not true. We're not going to spread fake news on this podcast, but yeah, it's going <laughs> to hurt this time. This time. Uh, but. It, it it's going to hurt Waynesboro, a program that already was struggling to get kids in the door for football. Uh, and, you know, the athletics programs obviously were not as successful as people at Waynesboro had hoped in a lot of sports. So uh, I don't envy the person that has to step in, but I, I would say to whoever that person ends up being that they goal number one needs to be in the schools, getting people in these athletic programs, because that has been something that's lacking. Waynesboro is not a small school compared to the other schools in this area, but it is the only school that didn't have enough players for football, uh, a JV team. And it's the only school that had to forfeit a varsity football game. Uh, They have very low participation numbers in a lot of sports. So being a class three size school, it's kind of surprising to see the struggle they've had to get people in the athletic program. Well, I, I like that McDaniel has hired the new football coach in Brandon Jarvis. I think it's a, I think it's a good hire. It's someone that had been coaching at Rockbridge, so he's he knows what Waynesboro is. He knows the current state of the program. So I think honestly, I think this kind of answered I, my first thought was when um, the last coach stepped down. Um, that's just escaped my mind at the moment. Uh, when he stepped down, uh, I thought McDaniel will just come back in. He has to swing back in. This explains why he didn't do that. So that at least it adds up for me. Uh, the article kind of mentioned how Coach McDaniel had been seeing this coming. He had kind of made the decision earlier in the year, and so I think some of that other stuff was probably unexpected and all that, and and maybe that's why we're only hearing of it now because, you know, he was busy dealing with that. So I think he's trying to leave as good a situation as he can, and he's leaving because of, you know, retirement and, and personal yeah. time with family and stuff. So this isn't him escaping a situation or him moving on to a different job. You know, this is – he's calling it a career, so – you know, best of luck to him. Happy for him. You know, this is a this is a, should be a good thing, and and we're focusing on the, the, what's lacking at Waynesboro. I'm happy for him, but whether whether we should or not, 
there, there is a hard job there. So I, I hope the next AD really knows what they're getting into. I, I hope for that sake, it's somebody that is from this area that is familiar with Waynesboro, whether they're inside that system now or from a, uh, adjacent system from Rockingham County or Rockridge County or even Stanton or Augusta County. I hope it's someone that knows what Waynesboro is and what it can be. Um, because Waynesboro has a history where they've had great basketball teams, great football teams. They've produced good talent, good baseball teams. Um, I think they could do that again. And, and like you exactly nailed on the head, they got to get people playing these sports. And it's just, just, I know this is a problem that's coming up in different localities. It, it isn't that strong in this area. Every other school seems to be fielding teams very well. So they got to figure out what's going wrong there in Waynesboro, why kids aren't participating the way they should or the way we would expect them to and uh, get it, get it going again. I think it's possible. So I'm excited for that sake. And, and, and maybe sometimes it's just a fresh face helps. And I'm not saying I, I doubt McDaniel's a, a problem. I just wonder if someone comes in with a, a different energy or a new energy, maybe, maybe that helps. And so we'll see, but I mean, they're not that far removed as a football team from, you know, being decent there for a few years. They were kind of, 500 or just above there for a couple of years, made the playoffs a couple of years in a row. Uh, back in 2014, they went five and five and then ripped off some playoff wins, including a, when they were the 16 seed, beating the one seed and advancing. So, I mean, just really good stuff can happen at Waynesboro. They're not that far removed from having positive things to reference. So even though you kind of look across the board there that they're having low numbers, I, I think you can get it going again. And I, and I hope the next person can do that. Yeah, and I, you know, I know I I opened up with what the next person's going to have to do. Um, yeah, and I'm not saying it's McDaniel's fault. I don't want it to seem no, like that. But but to be fair though, that's the first thing I think anybody anybody reading that article today from Patrick Height is thinking. Well, that's the, yeah, they had a forfeited game this year. Yeah, I mean they like, did. Every, and everybody is thinking of the negative, right or wrong. And again, uh, to me, more important than wins and losses right off the bat for these athletic programs is is the participation numbers because yeah. I mean. Leland, Fort Defiance didn't win a game for what was it, two and a half years, three years in football. There's 37 games. Yeah, so yeah. almost four years. Yeah, they they managed to field a football team okay each year. They always had good numbers. Yeah. So, it, it's not about wins and losses to me right now. It's about getting the numbers. And I, football's obviously the first and foremost there. But the other programs, it wasn't like we would look at these other rosters at Waynesboro and be like, oh yeah, they've got a ton of people they can use in reserves if somebody gets hurt. Oh yeah, they were. I mean, they're, they're thin they were throughout. They were thin throughout a variety of sports there at Waynesboro, and hopefully the new AD can help with that. Whoever they that is, they got talent there. They got talent there, so I I think if you just get more yep. kids around that talent, they'll have success. Mm-hmm. Um, moving up to professional ranks, because I I believe that's the only high school news we have this week. Uh, the XFL is done, and and in all honesty, I think it's really clear it's uh, just bad luck. Yeah, it's. It's, it's just this coronavirus is going to mess up a lot of things for a lot of people, and it's no fault of their own. I think the XFL had a better chance than what they're getting now. But it's not a shocker. It's not, you know, if you say XFL is only going to last one year, you wouldn't have been shocked. And so it's just, it lies in the middle somewhere. I think it's it's canceling. You know, someone had the games compared to that. How many, how many games played for the XFL compared to um, AFL? That's not really a fair comparison. Like, come on here. And, uh, you know, saying that it didn't even last a season. Well, the only reason it didn't last a full season is because coronavirus shut it down. They were going to play the championship in that se- that sport this year. I mean, they were on their way. And honestly, 
they were gonna I thought they would go two years but when you you have all these people on payroll all this set up and the season gets canceled and you're not an established thing like the NFL or these other sports leagues you, you're gonna have to pay money out differently and it didn't work they filed for bankruptcy you it, it stinks but it's the fact and it's just a not not a shocker okay now I'm gonna ask this because I don't know if this broke today but my understanding was when this story broke Friday uh that the league had not filed for bankruptcy they had just laid off they did Okay. Today. All right. Um, so they, I missed that today too. Not to pay his debts. Yeah. Gotcha. Well, that stinks because. Um, Sorry, it must have broke while you were watching Moana. Yeah, a lot broke while I was watching <laughs> Moana today. Apparently, so great time to watch Moana, which I'll get to again here in a minute. But um, just add this to the list of reasons I'm be mad about Moana later. Uh, but it stinks because I saw Friday that they had stopped paying or they had laid off all the employees, and I was like, okay, this isn't great. But I kind of get it. If you're not going to play the season and you got to wait until next year to come back anyway, why pay these people? I get that. Um, now that they filed for bankruptcy, it's definitely done. Uh, and that stinks because, yeah, I I think you were going to get at least two years because that's what the TV deals were out of this league. And then yeah, I thought halfway I through the first year, I thought the league was doing well enough to probably get a TV deal with one of those TV companies again or one of those broadcasting companies again, and at least one. Um, so I, I don't know. I would love to see what happens if the coronavirus doesn't wreck this league. To me, it's very obvious that that's what did it this time. I know Paul Lucas, of all people, I love his uniform Twitter, but his take on this I thought was just loud wrong, um, saying that, it's another football league that didn't make it. And this is proof that you don't need another football league. And uh, look, the, the USFL was doing fine until it went in the fall because of someone who would later become president of the United States decided <laughs> to move the league's competition from the spring when they were having a lot of success to the fall directly against the NFL. And then it failed. So I think if they would have stayed in the spring, I think that sport, I think the USFL is still around uh, the XFL it's going to be similar vein, not in direct competition with the NFL. I thought they, I thought the comp, the talent level in the league was okay. It's not great, but that's okay. It's not trying to be great. It's not trying to be the NFL. It's trying to be basically a developmental league that I think the NFL painfully needs. I think that's the thing that I think gets lost in all this. I think the NFL needs a second league that is secondary to it to be successful. And the XFL is going to be that. Starting next year, you are going to see some players, for all the people who think college athletes should be paid, by the way, you needed the XFL to succeed because this would have allowed that. This would have allowed those top-notch college football players that you all clamor to get paid every year to go get paid. They could have played in the XFL for two years and then gotten drafted in the NFL. That would have been the best of both worlds, in my opinion, because then the people who are fine with getting a scholarship and getting the advantage that comes with a scholarship and no student debt in today's world could have done that, and the people who wanted to go get paid right away could go get paid right away. But now we won't have that because, you know, the coronavirus took it out, and that stinks. Yeah, I, I, that's what I just keep coming back to. Is that This is just unfortunate. It just stinks. It, like, the way, if it was going to fail, I'd rather... I would rather it fail because it was a bad business, not because of some yeah. unforeseen circumstance. Yeah, and it just kind of stinks for those involved. And, and Vince McMahon was behaving. You know, it wasn't the first, it wasn't like the first go-around, and it he wasn't... Vince McMahon, doom the league. Vince McMahon, when the XFL Part 2 documentary comes out, the 30 for 30, will say he shouldn't have closed the league and he was right by not wanting to do that. 
That's what's going to come out of this. No. I guarantee it. That's going to be his take on it. Haven't seen it yet, but I know. Yeah, so a pretty negative story, but one of the only active sports stories here at the beginning of the week. Um, And hopefully there's some more sports news this week. I've seen a lot of talk on these timelines of sports coming back and how that's going to look. I think we're going to start seeing kind of like formative plans without dates connected to it. Like mm-hmm. the NBA will come back, like they'll, they'll go into a training camp for 14 days. And then, the, you know, like I think we'll start seeing those kind of plans. And then I also think we'll start seeing if they don't get started by this date, there's no season. I think we're going to start seeing some of that laid out. I think these leagues are trying to, they're all having to go through collective bargaining uh, players associations to like figure out the plans. I think we're going to start seeing having these answers. I think between now and May 1st, we're, we're going to know the future, but just maybe without a timeline. I agree. Uh, I don't think we're going to have a finish to the NBA season unless they do just playoffs. I think that's, I, I don't think we're going to see the rest of the regular season. I agree. And I'm not sure. I know major league baseball's had a bunch of different plans float, but I don't, I still don't think we're going to see a major league baseball season, which Kirchin Kirchin thought if they got going like an all-star break that they could still put something together. Like that could still, they could still make that work somehow, but he was also pessimistic if the all-star break they'd be playing. So yeah, I just don't think it's going to happen. That's a shame. Well, hopefully we have some more news in that area and less uh, NASCAR drivers saying stupid stuff, but let's get out of here. Let's get to the bracket. Okay, jumping Uh, into the bracket here this week, we are talking Muppet bracket, and this Muppet bracket was made by Brother Deck there. Brad made mm -hmm. this with uh, using Muppets, traditional Muppets from the Muppet universe, and then also Sesame Street uh, Muppets. (laughs) Yes. I guess. It's still in the Jim Henson. I know. Technically, I have a problem with that, too. What do you call them? Are they also Muppets, or are they just puppets? they're puppets but i mean i'm glad i'm glad you put the sesame street guys in there uh because i don't know how we'd have is there i mean is there 64 nameable (laughs) muppets we didn't come up i don't know if you looked at this but there's not 64 of these so no oh yeah there isn't i have looked at it obviously i have yeah there's uh, 36 we wouldn't have it it'd been such a smaller bracket so i appreciate the sesame street guys in there so uh yeah we attacked this and uh, if you weren't into the office bracket last week, uh, you know, here you go. Here's some Muppets. Hopefully that it ties to something that you do like. And if, uh, if you're not, not into the Muppets, tough then break. Sk- skip ahead a couple minutes. It's, it's probably, probably be 10, 15, probably not an hour. <laughs> probably still. won't be an hour. Yeah. <laughs> skip ahead if, uh, if you're not into the Muppets. And, uh, but, Joe, let's kick this thing off. You, you do, you're so good at the, at the bracket uh, handling here. Why don't you walk us through this thing? All right, Leland, let's start. In the top left, we've got the play-in round. We've got an eight-seed battle in the upper left region with Blind Pew from Muppet Treasure Island. He's going up against Sesame Street character Rosita. Rosita is post my time. I don't remember Rosita being in Sesame Street. Maybe she was, and she was just a forgettable character. I don't know. I love Blind Pew uh and Muppet Treasure Island. In fact, my brother and I, after I did this bracket, I went on YouTube and watched the scene with Blind Pew in it again, just because I bust out laughing every time I watch it. Uh, again, if you haven't seen Upper Treasure Island, that, what are you doing with your life? But 
another Disney movie that's better than Moana, which we'll get to in a minute. But I put Blind oh. Pew in over Rose, Rosita. I got Rosita. You know, there was there was wow. Sesame Street that happened when I, you know, when I was young, and then I've been back here for the last seven years. I've been back with uh, yeah some Sesame Street. So I have Rosita. I like her, especially on these play-in games. On you know one of those Tuesday night games uh, playing into this tournament. She'd be hungry on a Tuesday night, uh, wanting to, wanting that win, wanting to face that one seed. Rosita, Rosita takes it in my bracket. No. Okay, going to the other play-in, we've got in the bottom left, we've got an 8C, Clueless Morgan, also from up at Treasure Island. He's the GOAT character, and he's going up against Bean Bunny, who is in Muppet Christmas Carol. He's the little rabbit that sings the song and gets the wreath thrown at him by Ebenezer Scrooge. I love the little bunny guy. Makes me laugh when he's singing that song. I like Clueless Morgan, too. This one's an overtime thriller, but it goes to Bean Bunny. That's a Clueless Morgan in that overtime thriller. Yeah, very tight, but Clueless Morgan. Okay, let's move over now to the upper right. We have Julia from the Sesame Street Conference. She's going up against Robin the Frog, who is a Muppet and plays Tiny Tim in Muppet Christmas Carol, among other things. But it's going to go Robin the Frog, Muppets over Sesame Street, typically, for me. Uh, I've got Robin the Frog, especially in his Tiny Tim role, over Julia. I got Julia. She's a new age uh, yeah. Sesame Street. I like her. She does She does some good things in, in the new Sesame Street. I like her. I'll take her. Okay. Again, uh, being a person who doesn't watch Sesame Street, it's going to be hard for me to pick a lot of Sesame Street, especially the newer people. Bottom right, we've got the final play-in. We've got an eight-seed Polly the Lobster from Muppet Treasure Island. You're seeing a theme here with these eight play-ins. He's going up against Chip, the IT guy, who's also a Muppet. He's from the new series that was on ABC, short-lived series, The Muppets on ABC. Uh, I hate Chip, the IT guy. I think he's creepy. Not a fan. Polly the Lobster for me in a runaway. Yeah, Polly the Lobster, easily. I never saw. I don't. I didn't know who Chip the IT guy was. I actually had to look him up. It, I didn't watch that new Muppet series. It's on I, Disney I mean, Plus. I I an episode or two, but it's on Disney yeah. Plus. I didn't hate it. I thought it was good. I think people that were bat down on it. I don't know what's wrong with them. I look. If again, I like almost everything the Muppets have done. So when people are like, "Oh my gosh," if it's not Muppets in space or whatever, like that is how people go though. I mean, that's the only way. Like, if you don't like Muppets, yeah. you have to make that noise. Oh my god, oh my god. Fine. <laughs> You and Isis don't like the Muppets. I don't know. But we look at the round of 32 now. <laughs> Kermit goes up against Blind Pew in a 1-8 matchup in the top left. This is easy, and this is Kermit. I mean, it's the Kermit bracket here. It's Kermit. R- Rosita's nice. Kermit's Kermit. All right, 4-5 matchup. We got Rolf the Dog versus Sam the Eagle in a 4-5. This is tough because I like Rolf. I love his when he's playing the piano, especially. But for me, it's Sam the Eagle. And when I think of Muppet Christmas Carol, another one of my favorite like low-key moments in that movie is when Sam is talking to young Ebenezer Scrooge and his uh, business. It is the American way. And then Gonzo has to correct him that this is in set in you know old England. He goes, "It is the British way." Hilarious, gets me every time. Sam the Eagle. I, I just got to go with Rolf here just because of amount here. I mean, I'm going quantity. You get Rolf throughout Muppet universe. I just don't – how many other big moments for Sam the Eagle? 
I'm getting a lot of Rolf comedy. He's and I'm taking he's it. big in the Muppets TV show that just came out um, mm-hmm. as well. For for my experience with the Muppets, I've seen a lot more Rolf, and I and I appreciate him. So okay, him. that's fine. I don't hate that pick. Uh, three six matchup in this region is Oscar the Grouch. He is going up against Statler and Waldorf, who are the six seed. Give me Statler and Waldorf. The heckling that they do is so funny to me. They are in over the other negative person in this region, Oscar the Grouch. Yeah, I, for some reason, I, I, draw, I get drawn to these negative people that just only say negative things all the time. And just I, I like Oscar. I, 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 feel, I, I like mm. him. He's a good dude. Um, and I like to hear from him. So I'm going Oscar. Interesting. There's, there's, a, there's a parallel there. Can't, can't imagine who you're talking about here. Uh, the two seed in this region is Elmo. He's going up against the seven seed, which is Sweetums. Sweetums is a monster-like Muppet. Uh, he is in Muppet Treasure Island, I believe. He's also in the original Muppet movie, briefly. Uh, he is in, I think, even the newer Muppet movies as well. There's also... Uh, in the TV show, he makes an appearance, the new TV show, but I'm sorry. It's Elmo. I mean, you just spent way too long trying to explain to our least listeners who Sweetums is. Cause you know that most people don't know who that is. Yeah. Most people don't, don't, don't know have, who Sweetums is. You, you don't have to explain who Elmo is. Elmo. Elmo wins. Elmo is Elmo. All right. Now we're moving, staying in this bracket. We'll keep it with Kermit. I have him going up against Sam, the Eagle. It's not easy being green. But Kermit gets it done and beats Sam the Eagle. Yeah, Kermit. Kermit's the man. He just you can't lose with Kermit. 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 Statler and Woolworth going up against Elmo. It's Elmo. It's gotta be Elmo. I have him against Oscar, and Oscar's solid. But I mean, Elmo carries an episode of Sesame Street. Yeah. You have Elmo, you know, with two different segments that are just him, and then he pops in everywhere else. Oscar is always a side character. You gotta go with Elmo here. He's he's a lead character. Yeah, I, I just think that it is, with Elmo, he's so much better than Oscar the Grouch, and I have him beating Statler and Waldorf. So um, it, for me to pick a Sesame Street character over a Muppet, this is when you know these Sesame Street characters stuck with me. Uh, in my Elite Eight, or both of our Elite Eights, it's Kermit versus Elmo. The Rainbow Connection gets Kermit into the Final Four. You have Kermit. I have Kermit here as well. I know Elmo's strong, but Elmo got a lot stronger in the 90s. I wasn't watching Sesame Street in the 90s. Sure, I knew what the Tickle Me Elmo was, and I know Elmo started having his own book series, teaching kids how to go to the bathroom and stuff like that. Yeah, that, that's not what I needed to go to the bathroom. I, I was a little kid and just thought Kermit was the man. I thought he was funny. I like Kermit even in the, in the, uh, the movies from in the 80s and stuff. Kermit, Kermit, Kermit. All right, so both of us have Kermit in the final four. Now we move to the lower left, where I have Miss Piggy versus Bean Bunny. And Bean Bunny can sing his little heart out, but he's not as good as Miss Piggy. Yeah, Miss Piggy's too strong. And uh, she, I mean, she plays that, you know, the second to Kermit all the time. And and a lot of the funny things or reasons you like Kermit is because of what Miss Piggy's putting them through. So you got to have Miss Piggy advancing here because she just she brings a lot to the the Muppet universe. Absolutely. All right, now we get to the four or five in this region. We got Rizzo versus Lou Zealand. Now Lou Zealand's gonna have to be another one I explain, but yeah, Lou Zealand exactly. is 
is hilarious. Lou Zealand is the guy who has the boomerang fish. Uh, he throws it away, and it comes back to me. Uh, that's him up at Christmas Carol. But he also is a yellow-looking guy with black hair and a little mustache. Uh, funny Muppet. Uh, really underrated. But he's going up against Rizzo, and uh, Rizzo the Rat takes out New Zealand. Yeah, Rizzo the Rat. Always hilarious. Always funny. He can, he can play the other guy. He can, he can be the guy the other Muppet's playing off of, or he can just be the man. And, and that's, that's what I like about Rizzo. Rizzo. All right, now we're looking at The Count versus Uncle Deadly. Uncle Deadly is a blue guy with stringy hair. He plays a really big role in the uh, Muppet movie that came out with uh, Jason Segel. And uh, he also is in the TV show The Muppets a lot. Uh, Wow, I really like Uncle Deadly a lot. But he's going up against The Count, and you're not going to beat The Count when The Count knows exactly what numbers he needs. So he takes out Uncle Deadly. The Count, because in the new Sesame Street, he has a jam of a song where it's the number of the day, and it's just awesome. And it, you know, it always rhymes, so you can always know what number it's going to be and surprise, you know, say it ahead of what it, with him announcing it so the kids think you're really smart and knows what's happening. The Count. It's a jam. Hmm. Okay, well, there you have it. Uh, staying in the region, I've got Cookie Monster against Big Mean Carl. Big Mean Carl is a big blue monster Muppet who likes to scream. He's really popular in the new TV show that was on ABC as well. Uh, but this is Cookie Monster, another Sesame Street staple, and he advances over Big Mean Carl. Yeah, anytime you're starting to explain who someone is, it means I'm picking the other guy. It's just that some of our listeners can probably catch on to here. Cookie Monster, no explanation needed. Cookie Monster. Wow. Um, okay, there's Leland continuing to disrespect Muppets because of his inability to watch Muppets and become cultured in Muppet I've ways. Seen, I've seen Muppets. I haven't watched the ABC series that maybe lasted a season. I missed it. It lasted... It's about the only thing. It was at least two seasons. So... It's about the only thing I've missed out of Muppets. Wow. I think I've watched all those movies. I've seen Treasure Island. I've seen christmas carol well i had to explain some of these muppet characters to you that were in muppet treasure island that you have allegedly seen i you had to explain them because you knew our listeners were wondering who i knew i i oh okay i looked up one that we've talked about so far okay looked up one out of all the ones you've had to explain which one did you look up i think that was sweetums oh yeah sweetums but he was in the original muppet movies you just didn't know his name was sweetums i didn't i didn't know his name was okay i knew it was when i looked him up okay so we're staying in this bracket. Uh, we've got Miss Piggy I've, versus Rizzo. I think we all had the same ones here. This bracket's the same so far. Now, here's where the upset happens. Miss Piggy can be a little tootie, and uh, Rizzo the Rat is hilarious, especially in Muppet Treasure. Uh, not Muppet Treasure Island, but Muppet Christmas Carol. So Rizzo advances over Miss Piggy for me. I mean, I think Miss Piggy is that fourth number one seed when this bracket's getting put together. I think it was the number one seed you had the least confidence in, Mm -hmm. but I did have her advance in here in a tight one with Rizzo. It's just, I know she's, she does, she's not playing the likable character all the time, you know, like, but you got to have that. You got to have the the arguments. You got to have the adversity for these other characters to work around. So I got Miss Piggy advancing here. Now I'm starting to realize why Leland still does this podcast with me. Uh, the three seed, the count goes up against the two seed, Cookie Monster. Uh, 
these are two staples of the Sesame Street universe. I love Cookie Monster, but there was that brief moment in time where they made him the Veggie Monster. I really didn't like that. The count over Cookie Monster. Yeah, I mean, these are two pretty one-dimensional guys. These these are, you know, the count. That's the problem with Sesame Street. He's, he's talking about the numbers, and, and Cookie just, he wants the cookie, but... I went with Cookie Monster here. I I think he's an all-timer character. Hey, when you have someone on The Office getting, you know, Kevin, who's an all-timer on The Office, and he gets made out to, in his comparisons to the Cookie Monster, cookie Monster. And it just means it just means you're a classic kind of guy. And so Cookie Monster advances here over the count. I wish they would have called Kevin the Cookie Monster throughout that show more often. Yeah, I wish it would have happened. That would have been a great yeah. callback. Uh. All right, I've got Rizzo versus the Count. Uh, this is Leland and I are different here. Uh, I've got four seed Rizzo versus three seed the Count, and this is a big upset. This is a big run for Sesame Street. I have the Count into the final four. Ooh, wow! I respect that, but I got Cookie Monster coming from down there over Miss Piggy uh, because likability. I mean, okay. I, you talk about providing depth and, and being that other person to comedy, but. The Cookie Monster just likability. Like, who doesn't like the Cookie Monster? You, even though he he acts crazy, like an insane person, he he's still funny and good, and and you like him, and you're rooting for him to get that cookie. So I got the Cookie Monster. Okay. All right. So for Leland, it's Kermit and the Cookie Monster. For me, it's Kermit and the Count. We move to the upper right. Let's get Big Bird versus Robin. This is easy. This is Big Bird, the big yellow bird on Sesame Street. Big he bird is, all the way. He is Sesame big Street. Bird. Uh, Beaker versus Pepe. This is tough because Beaker yeah. is hilarious. Uh, and then you have Pepe, who is a really, really funny, underused Muppet, in my opinion. Uh, he is great in the recent TV show uh, that Leland didn't watch. Uh, and for that reason, it's Pepe over Beaker. I got Beaker. Mm. Beaker's solid. Also, Beaker in the Muppet Babies cartoon. Very solid character there, too. Okay. Bert and Ernie versus Electric Mayhem, the sixth seed. Brad kind of included all the Electric Mayhem characters except for one obvious one who got its own separate seeding, and we'll get that to that later. But the rest of the Electric Mayhem band in this sixth seed together, going up against another group in Bert and Ernie, and for me it's Bert and Ernie over Electric Mayhem. Bert and Ernie. I got more to say about him. I'm going to hold it. Bert and Ernie. Wow. Okay. The two seed Fozzie against the seven seed Scooter. Scooter kind of is like a humanoid Muppet. Uh, he's yellow. He wears glasses. He's got orange hair, stringy hair. Uh, he plays the producer on the new TV show that was on for two seasons on ABC. But for me, Scooter's just not that great. Fozzie Bear. Yeah, you had to explain who he was, Fozzie. All right, so we're into the Sweet 16. It's Big Bird versus Pepe, and Pepe the Prawn takes down Big Bird in a big upset. Ooh, that's that's huge. I mean, that's the face of Sesame Street getting taken down this early. I mean, that's like Kermit going down in the Sweet 16. That'd be a big major thing. I don't have that. I got Big Bird advancing here. I think you have these uh, traditional blue bloods of, of what this bracket is. And they're, and they're advancing. They're making it to the elite. Some, eight. Sometimes the blue bloods belong. lose. Yeah, sometimes they lose. I mean, sometimes it happens. It didn't happen here. Uh, Bert and Ernie, the three seed against the two seed, Fozzie Bear. Fozzie Bear with his terrible dad jokes. He was doing dad jokes before they were trending on the internet. Give me Fozzie Bear. 
I got Bert and Ernie. Oh. It's just that comedy duo. They can do so much. It's always the highlight of each Sesame Street episode of when they get together. You get that common use uh, comedy trope of just the misunderstanding. I mean, that's just they live in that, dominate that type of comedy. Bert and Ernie advances here. Over Fozzie, who honestly, I, I appreciate what you said about his doing dad jokes before they're popular on the internet. I do think Fozzie, though, is a little overrated. I think he's still corny. Well, so are dad jokes, but yeah. I know. You're, you're, I mean, you called it all out. I just think he's overrated. Mm. I, I like I like the miscommunication comedy style more than the I know this is corny. I'm still going to say it anyway joke. Sure. Pepe like versus... Amelia better, you know? That's, that's where I'm at. Okay. Pepe versus Fozzie Bear, the five seed against the two for me. And it's Pepe the Prawn. I mean, again, if you haven't seen the new Muppets TV show, you really need to see it because he is a dynamite character in this. He's also good on a lot of the internet short videos they put on the internet too, uh, via YouTube and other Muppet (laughs) studio projects. So Pepe the Prawn. I don't, I don't follow the Muppets on Twitter. I've missed that one. (laughs) Yeah, you should. Great follow. Uh, they're also, like I said, they're also on YouTube and Pepe is hilarious on there. So for me, Pepe, the prawn over Fozzie bear. We're learning about Joe a little bit here. Uh, I got Big Bird versus Bert and Ernie, and I get I pro, I put Big Bird up on a pedestal a, a round ago to say why they deserved an elite eight. But for me, Bert and Ernie, man, I had a little uh, Bert and Ernie dolls when I was a kid. I, I liked myself some Bert and Ernie. Uh, I'm very you know okay with alternative lifestyles, so I got Bert and Ernie. Okay. Um, <laughs> all right. But I would have picked Bert and Ernie over. Big Bird for the Rubber Ducky song alone. I agree yeah. with you there. Bird and Ernie are awesome. I, I don't know like when I've watched the Bert and Ernie segment and, and didn't think they were awesome. Okay. So now we're going to the final region. It's Animal, the one seed. He is the one that went solo from the Electric Mayhem here against the eight seed for me, Polly the Lobster. And Leland has Polly the Lobster. So for me, it's Animal in a Runaway. Yeah, you got animal. You got that. You you don't know what you're going to get next with animal. Animal. The Swedish Chef versus Bunsen Honeydew. Bunsen Honeydew is the professor that teams up with Beaker a lot in the Muppets. And for me, it's the Swedish Chef. I can't get past that funny, the funny just nonsense from the Swedish Chef. Yeah, Swedish Chef, and and Bunsen Honeydew can be replaced. Swedish Chef can. He's he's individual. We have a three seed in Grover against the six seed Bobo. Bobo is one of my favorite Muppets that gets featured in the new TV show uh, on ABC that lasted two seasons. And for me, Bobo the bear, he's just a bear, uh, but Bobo the bear over the three seed Grover. I got Grover, his uh, disco alphabet song, which is not, not even my favorite album song, but that alone shoots him up the ladder. I really like Grover, and so uh, Grover it is. Bobo's got a dry comedy, and I love me some Bobo. Uh, Gonzo versus the Moo Pets. Now, you're probably asking yourself, who are the Moo Pets? Well, if you watch the Disney movie uh, with Jason Siegel, you know who the Moo Pets are because the Moo Pets were the knockoff brand of the Muppets that were going to replace the Muppets if the villain had won in that Muppet movie. He doesn't. Gonzo beats the Moopets as well. I have Gonzo versus 
I got Gonzo. I got Gonzo. I got Gonzo advancing here. I really like Gonzo. He does a lot of good things. He can carry some stuff. Hmm. We'll get into that here in a second. He can carry storylines. He can, he can do it all. We'll get into it here in a second. Animal versus the Swedish chef. For me, it don't call it an upset because I like the Swedish chef better than Animal. To me, Swedish chef, I, I think what really I appreciate with the Swedish chef too is you've got the Muppet aspect of the puppet. And then you have the human hands for the Swedish chef. And I don't know why, but I think that's hilarious. And Swedish chef he's breaking the third wall. gets, no, he's gets the third in wall. over animal. <laughs> You're going behind the curtain. I don't like it. Animal. I got animal advancing. Mm-hmm. Just the unpredictability carries him. Bobo versus Gonzo. And I disagree he, with Leland. Animal, animal is the running gun. Animal is the Stewart's draft offense. He's just, you don't, he's just. Well, he went ice cold from three when he had to play the Swedish chef. The Swedish chef takes him out because uh, the Swedish chef is always cooking. Bobo versus Gonzo. For me, I've got Bobo over Gonzo because unlike Leland, I think Gonzo's overrated. I Gonzo was in Muppets of Space. He was the whole reason that movie got made, and I hold that against Gonzo. I'm, I'm not going to say he, he's the only reason. Like, he's the main character, yeah. Um. So, yeah, but he's also a very prominent character in all Muppet things. And so Yeah, but he I, was the think, character in this and it's his fault. I think he is the be- he is the top number two seed out of all these. Mm-hmm. And so he's gonna advance here. He just comes on heritage wow. alone. He is not he, better he than carry storylines. He he's gonna beat Grover here for me. Oh my gosh. Okay. I don't know how you don't like Gonzo if you are so into the Muppets. I just think he's overrated. Okay. He's a blue thing with a funny nose. No. What do you do to me? He's over it. No. Wrong. That's fine. You're entitled to your opinion, even if it's wrong. <laughs> the Swedish chef versus Bobo, the four versus the six. Uh, again, the Swedish chef keeps on cooking. Rudy, Rudy, Rucci. He's on to the final four. You, this is just a crazy bracket down here. <laughs> I'm just looking at it. I got... Uh, my L8-8 is pretty much chalk, except for Bert and Ernie up there as a three seed. My Sweet 16 was chalk. Uh, no, not on this half of Gonzo the bracket. Here, and this is where I have I have Gonzo beating Animal. I like this matchup here. I think these guys play off each other well. And uh, But I got Gonzo leading it because he's actually saying words. Okay, in my final four, I don't need words. In my final four, I've got Kermit versus the Count on the left side. And, folks, you're going to get live reaction from me because I actually didn't fill out I got to the final fours and then I didn't fill it out because at the time I was like, oh, I'm too conflicted. I need to think about this. And uh, I never did fill it out. So here we are. It's Kermit versus the Count. For me, I'm going to stick with the Muppet staple of Kermit the Frog over the Count in a close one. I love the Count. uh, But for me, it it just, in fact, my mom will tell you when we went to Sesame Place, the park, uh, that was where they almost lost me. Uh, because I saw the count at Sesame Street Place or whatever that place is called and uh, just tore off from the lunch table after the count. Uh, And eventually they found the count uh, through the mob of people and I was standing right next to the count, so they got me back. Uh, And all that being said, though, if I had seen Kermit, I would have done the same thing. So it's Kermit the Frog over the count. I got Kermit. I... I just, this, it just seems like this is the Kermit bracket. I mean, when you talk Muppets, it's Kermit, and Kermit wins. And I t- I'm taking out the Cookie Monster because Cookie Monster is one-dimensional. Kermit is, just can do everything. Kermit can carry every program you ever make of the Muppets because it's Kermit. I got Kermit. 
That's interesting you say that. We'll see. This is another tough one because these are two underrated Muppets, in my opinion. Obviously, as they come in in five and four seats into the final four for me, it's Pepe versus the Swedish chef. I like Pepe a lot. Pepe plays this, you know, suave kind of Muppet that is a prawn. Uh, and the Swedish chef plays a, obviously, chef who is Swedish, doesn't use words, uh, and also is kind of a goof. Uh, so for me, mm, this is this is one of the toughest matchups I've had filling out this entire bracket. This is a triple overtime thriller that we're going to talk about for years to come. Give me the Swedish chef. Oh, wow. Wow. I got Bert and Ernie versus Gonzo here. And for me, Bert and Ernie, all timers, uh, just uh, Bert and Ernie are awesome. They're so funny. No matter what kind of situation they put themselves in, they always have a punchline coming at you. It, it never gets, it's, it's always funny. It's always good with Bert and Ernie. I like Bert and Ernie. There we go. Okay, folks. In my championship, I've got Kermit. Versus the Swedish chef. It's another tough matchup because as Leland said, when you think Muppets, you think Kermit the Frog. But if you're asking me who my favorite Muppet is, I love Kermit, but I also love the Swedish chef. And for me, the Swedish chef, I've never watched the Swedish chef and not laughed. So it's the Swedish chef, my Muppet Puppet Bracket Champion. I got Kermit. Over Gonzo. Or no, over Bert and Ernie. Jim Jim Henson is Kermit. Jim Henson is built by Kermit. And that Kermit, my favorite thing Kermit's ever done, I know it's not easy being green. We've already talked about that. But when he sings the ABCs down in Africa, man, it's so good. (laughs) I play it for my kids all the time. It's my favorite, favorite thing that that he has. It's so good. But he does everything. He does everything for the Muppets. All these other Muppets don't have an opportunity to exist without what Kermit is. I understand you like the Swedish fish better. That's fine. Swedish no. chef. Kermit. Kermit is the best of the Muppets. Kermit wins. Don't be offensive to the Swedish chef. Swedish fish is the candy. Swedish chef is the Muppet. Yeah, I said the wrong thing. I didn't know I said the wrong thing. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean, look, I love Kermit. But, yeah, for me, it's Swedish chef. Now, I think we can agree hey. here. Muppets versus Sesame Street. It's Muppets. I mean, uh, looking at my picks, I, I just because of the matchups, I did pick a lot of Sesame Street guys. I, I think my recent experiences with Sesame Street probably played a role into that, especially in those early round ones when there were people you didn't really even know they were, like Rosita and Julia and stuff like that. But uh, I mean, Muppets. Yeah, I mean, Muppets have so many different branches of what they do. So I, I'm arguing that. Street kind of cycles right in that same little area. And Muppets, I mean, they have a primetime comedy show. They have a cartoon on the during the day when I was young and now. I mean, they just they can do different things and they can fit that mold into different ways to entertain people. So I'm, I'm not going to argue about that. But uh, I mean, it was a good bracket. I, I, I think there was I like some of those early round matchups that were really thought about well i you putting certain people up against each other were pretty good yeah brad uh when he made this bracket brad purposefully did some of the stuff with that i know the oscar the grouch versus statler and Ward- waldorf was on purpose the yeah, committee yeah. the committee yeah. knew it was a tv show as tony kornheiser likes to say 
Uh, this one's not a you TV show. Duke it's a against, podcast. But you put Duke up against who, you know, the coach that used to coach at Duke. You know, it's, yeah, it's that kind of thing. He wanted the rivalries. He wanted the storylines. He got those. Uh, I don't know if he had the Swedish Chef making it to the finals and winning in my bracket, but um, I think he knew that was a possibility because he knows how much I like the Swedish Chef. But I think at the end of the day, he thought I was going to pick Kermit, and uh, for me, it's the Swedish Chef again. I loved it. Leland picks Kermit. This is the first bracket where we've actually ended up with different champions. Yeah. We were yeah. close. We were close. At least we didn't have the same final two here. That's true. We usually have that. Yeah. And I don't disagree. I mean, this isn't Long John Silver's coming out of nowhere. Oh, Long John like, Silver's is so delicious. I mean, it's amazing. Oh it's embarrassing that you keep saying that. All right. Let's get out of here. Uh, and stop talking about this bracket. Let's talk about the other ongoing thing. I know these brackets are forever ongoing for our listeners, but let's talk about your Major League Baseball uh, series season that's going on right now. Yeah, so with the Major League Baseball simulation that is going on, uh, and again, I will uh, put this up for Leland here in a second. And... Here after uh, April the 14th, heading into April the 14th games, the Toronto Blue Jays still sit atop the AL East, which is surprising. And they have the best record in Major League Baseball at 13-4 and four right now, two games ahead of the Tampa Bay Rays in the AL East. Uh, despite Kevin Kiermeyer surging to the top of the batting average list there at 393 with the Tampa Bay Rays. Now, I do have some concerns about the realism here early with Jonathan Scope batting 365 because that cat is not going to hit 365 for one day of his life. So that's surprising. Uh, he's doing that with the Detroit Tigers, who are a tire fire. But I think the biggest news here, Leland, is the Baltimore Orioles surging to a 6-10 and 10 record. I said four wins this week would be great on Twitter with Patrick Height, and the Orioles deliver with a big, big 6-10 and 10 record now. They are not last place. We are a whole game over the Boston Red Sox, who are last place in the AL East, and I love it. You're still four and six out of the last ten and lost your last two, so I don't know what you're bragging about. You have and and only you have I guess this program that you're running mm-hmm. has factored in suspensions or I mean not suspensions, just negative attitude around the Boston Red Sox because they're also down there with only six wins. Um, but let's look at these other teams that the local people, our listeners that we know care about, the Nationals leading the East Division ten and six, uh, you know, sitting in good spot leading that division along with the Cubs leading theirs and the Dodgers leading theirs, the Phillies sitting right behind the nationals there, nine and eight. Um, but then you also have the Pittsburgh pirates across the state, my team there, who is just edging out. Um, the reds, the, the reds there, uh, they're seven and nine still dancing around 500. So a little interesting there that the, the Phillies are right there behind the nationals. That would be, a, you know, a lot of Bryce Harper talk, uh, that make John Leonard happy, though, that they're they're still vying for that division. A lot of good games, though, coming those between those two teams. Yeah, the Dodgers have the best record in the National League at 11-5. and five. They have a two-game advantage over the Padres right now. But everybody in that NL East is tightly bunched there. Three and a half games separate top from bottom in that division. Uh, so, yeah, John Leonard will be happy that his Phillies are doing well. Uh, the Yankees just a half a game ahead of the Orioles, and I love that. If the Orioles jump over the Yankees next week. What a great week in virtual baseball it will be <laughs> as we await that. Uh, again, uh, looking at some other league leaders just for fun. So you have something to think about uh, as Drupal Cabrera still tied with Reese Hoskins and Tyler O'Neill of the St. Louis Cardinals for the home run lead. So that's good news for nationals fans with seven. 
again, heading into Tuesday's games. Anthony Rondon, former national of the L.A. Angels, leads the majors with Travis Shaw of the Blue Jays. They each have nine. Lourdes Gurriel Jr. of the Blue Jays as well with eight. So, obviously, the Blue Jays riding the power machine. Uh, and that's off to their major league record again. Best major league record in baseball, which is kind of offensive uh, at 13 and four. You know what I've yeah, learned? They got, the, they got the angels right behind them at 12 and four. Yeah. You know what I've learned uh, throughout my time as a baseball fan is the Tampa Bay Rays don't matter to me, even though they have been far more successful uh, since becoming a franchise than the Orioles have. I don't hate the Tampa Bay Rays. I do hate the New York Yankees. I do hate the Boston Red Sox. And I do hate the Toronto Blue Jays. The Tampa Bay Rays are the other team in the division for me. Um, I think I hate the Toronto Blue Jays because they're from Canada. I hate the Yankees because they're the devil. And the Red Sox (laughs) are also the devil. Uh, They are the clone of the devil. Uh, I think it's interesting that the Yankees and Red Sox hate each other because in my eyes, they are the same thing. Uh, I don't see any difference other than the city in in terms of difference between those two teams. I think it's gotten to be that way. I don't, I don't, I think mid nineties when the Yankees were ripping them off and the Red Sox were still not quite to the money spending that they ended up being. Uh, I think it was a little different. So, I mean, I still hold the Yankees worse in my mind, but the Red Sox bought into that approach. I mean, yeah. And Moneyball, they're trying to hire a manager that's going to play Moneyball, but with money. Um, and, and then I guess they did implement some of that stuff in their organization, but they still spent a lot. Of oh, that was the most ridiculous part of that movie at the end when they're like, oh, but look at what the Red Sox did with Moneyball tactics. I'm like, and one of the biggest payrolls in baseball. Like, don't yeah. give me the Moneyball playing on a shoestring budget nonsense. Like, yeah. maybe they, they put a little saber metrics. Money on it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, help me here. Uh, what saber metric person would have said David Ortiz was any good? Zero. That cat struck out an awful lot. I don't like David Ortiz. I don't like uh, Brett Gardner, who's a current Yankee. He won in the Valley League matchup that John has going on on Twitter. Uh, and that honestly made me like lose faith in Valley League baseball fans. In the summer, I won't get to see them. It's probably for the best, because if they think Brett Gardner is better than Chris We're Hoyles. Throwing hate at our local people. That's, that's a good approach. Yeah, well, if you think Brett Gardner's better than Chris Hoyles, I have nothing for you. Uh, Brett Gardner is a guy who throws a temper tantrum by banging his bat on the dugout like a child. Great. Yeah, all these baseball fans. Let's we just be... did a Muppet, Muppet bracket. I don't know if we should be throwing hate at what people's opinions yeah we should it's exactly <laughs> what we should be doing um let all these people that say they're worried about people celebrating because of the message it sends their kids uh look a lot of that is old school baseball fans that love brett garner type players what message does it send to the kids when he's banging his bat on top of the dugout like a two-year-old also he's got the most punchable face in baseball i don't know what it is i just want him to get punched every time he's up i'm not usually big well that's not true i have as long as you hit him in the back, I'm not anti beanball approach. And every time Brett Gardner comes up, I want him to get drilled in between the numbers uh, because I don't like him. I don't like him. I don't like his face. I don't like his attitude. And I don't like the team he plays for. I've always said, yeah, I've, I've always said if somebody plays for the Orioles, my opinion of them can change. Brett Gardner would put a real test to that. I used to think Nick Swisher would be the player I hated the most in the history of baseball, but I think it might be Brett Gardner. 
Man, I don't know who I hate the most in the history of baseball. Nick Swisher was just a clown. Nick Swisher was just a clown, and I didn't like him because he was a clown, and he seemed kind of like a bro-y dude. Um, But Brett Gardner is a real jerk, and I want him to get hit every time he comes up. Even when he's not playing the Orioles, if he gets hit by a pitch, that pitcher becomes my favorite pitcher for the day. Good to know. All right. Let's get out of here. Let's uh, let's just get I, I want to get to the D block so we can finally hear this Moana review. All right, let's get into the D block here on the Exports Podcast. And let's start with Joe. What is dominating your life? Uh, well, what is dominating my life is game nights and Netflix with my brother. Uh, we've been doing game nights through Skype. Uh, it's been pretty good. Uh, got my friend and his wife in Texas. Uh, we involved my cousin and her fiance in Richmond another night. Uh, so that's been kind of fun. Uh, we played. You throw another other invitations and they've been refused. Uh, yeah, somebody <laughs> that I do the podcast with has refused multiple times. Uh, but that's okay. He's being a dad. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, so. We've played, uh, basically, it's called Evil Apples. It's a Cards Against Humanity on an app. Um, there's been Jackbox party games that we've played, which if you haven't played, I highly recommend. Uh, that's a great party game activity. Uh, it can be whatever age appropriate uh, you need it to be, depending on the group that you have. Um, very easy to modify that. So, yeah, so Jackbox has been fun, and then... Also, my brother and I have been watching various things on Netflix through our Sony PlayStation 4 and the chat feature on there, uh, which is great. We just sync up, hit play at the same time on whatever we're watching, and then we can have a conversation while we're watching it. Uh, so we're, you know, we're making adjustments to quarantine life as we have to. Uh, but I think it's been fun to have that kind of ability to do that with the technology. Um, I know on Netflix, my brother and I have been watching. Um, we watched Tiger King, obviously. Uh, we watched some Burt Kreischer stand-up, which is not family-friendly, um, but it is funny. And then uh, we are almost done with the docu-series Sunderland Till I Die. We watched season one last week. We've got one episode left of season two. So we're going to try to knock that out after uh, we record tonight or maybe tomorrow night, depending on what the time is. But uh, that's what has been dominating my life. What about you, Leland? I'll get into what's done in my life. We have been getting into the board games, the Easter Brunny, which yeah, I'll yeah. talk about here in a second, brought a, uh, a new game that, uh, oh, I've already forgotten the name, Mana Maconda Blocks. It's where you take the little stones and move them one spot at a time, and you, there's two people playing. Uh, we've gotten really into that, and my kids have instantly jumped into uh, um, strategy with that, which is exciting. It's just exciting to see them learn that way. Um, so yeah, it was fun. And also there was a new Ono dice game, which makes no sense to me and I refuse it. So, uh, I don't think Easter Bunny's not getting a good thumbs up on that. Wow. But, uh, we've, we've been going into the games a little bit. So, yeah. And while you're looking at Netflix with your brother, uh, try some Nate Bargatze. We'll see. He's good. He's good. You'll like him. We've got a list. So, but looking at what has been dominant life was Easter and getting ready for Easter. And it was, you know, obviously different this year as, as we reference every time we record uh, the world being different and all that. Uh, so we didn't have the normal two different Easter dinners, one with my parents, one with her parents. So um, we ate at home. We actually were able to pick up some food from her parents. Uh, I think 
her mom still made the same amount of food. So uh, we took advantage of that. Um, but FaceTimed with grandparents on, on both sides and, and had a good day. And, and on all, in all honesty, probably more relaxing, just not having to leave the house, even having to prepare a meal, uh, some of it, uh, still just more family time. So it was good. And, and the bunny was good. And the Easter egg hunting was good. And uh, we had three kids out there searching for eggs. So that's, that's a lot of eggs you got to put out there. And uh, everybody held their own. And uh, that was good. Um, that Easter bunny had some eggs in some crazy places. So, uh, the kids had fun trying to get that. And then, uh, but yeah, it was a fun Easter, good Easter, but different. And, uh, I just think, I think it's actually cool to have these holidays in this time where everything's different because it, it makes you maybe, um, appreciate the other Easter's maybe that much more or future Easter's like you'll, you'll think back like, yeah. It was weird last year not coming over here for dinner, and it was. It's nice to have that. So maybe maybe it'll help appreciation and stuff like that a little bit more. And and even though it was maybe a little more relaxing, you know, I I do look forward to getting back to normal. So I think I think it's it's one aspect of this where I think uh, we're learning from this process a little bit. So okay, yeah. I mean, it, yeah, it was different. This is the first Easter I haven't spent, you know, with my mom or. Yeah. family so uh that's been different but yeah um i would definitely have traded it for in the fall i know that means we're losing football season probably and that's gonna ruin a lot of people idea of life but i think i could handle <laughs> no football better than no baseball and with the weather being what it is i'd love to be outside enjoying it rather than staying inside or right outside my mm-hmm. apartment the outside aspect just the the logistics of where I live. I don't live on the campus of Robert Morris. So I have some, right. Yeah, too. no, it's hard. So. I mean, that campus is closed. Security <laughs> is out. So, so I can spread my legs a little bit. So like, honestly, the around the house, enjoying the outside isn't any different for us. So, um, I, I'm hoping things are back to normal in the fall. I'll, I'll, I'll say that I, I miss baseball, um, for sure. But, um, man, fall has uh, so much activities that, um, more than just football, but just school being back to normal. And, and, um, you know, I like doing the radio on Friday nights and I don't really, it's not like that. I, that's getting taken away from me right now. So, um, I, I hope this thing's back by the fall. I I'm pessimistic in all honesty, but I hope, I hope we're back to some, some kind of normal. Yeah. Um, what I know that you need to know is just more of a reminder. The last dance that focuses on that 98 season for the Jordan, uh, led bulls team that comes on Sunday. So like about a, almost a week from now. And I'm just looking forward to me mandatory watching for the family. Um, I saw that it has a TV 14 for some language. My kids are just going to have to be ready for some language. They got to learn. It. They got to learn what they got to learn sometime. Might as well be from Michael Jordan. Love <laughs> they got to know the dynasty. They got to know it all. Uh, so, but no, uh, I know me, and my <laughs> wife will definitely be watching. We, since I saw that rating, I'm, I might, watch it once through and make sure the kids can handle it before we watch it or save it for the right time. But anyway, I'm really looking forward to that. I know it's all been all over the place. I love that. It seemed like the producers of that kind of got what's up. Like when, as soon as everybody, everything shut down, there was no sports. People were sitting at home. Everybody on Twitter was like, man, we need this Jordan doc now. And it seems like they kind of responded to that. It wasn't, it wasn't just like, Oh yeah, we need to move this up. It was like, Oh, everybody wants it. So I love that they're playing it early. Mm. So uh, I'm just really excited for that. It's just, I think that's like the sports dynasty of my uh, formative years for sure. I mean, those bulls were just so cool. So good. Um, I think the league was at its best at that time. So uh, I'm just really looking forward to that doc that can kind of really, I'm, I'm hoping it captures that, 
that time of the sports world appropriately. I'm sure it will. Everybody says it's how good it is that have seen it. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Um, I- I'll watch it. Um, I guess the moving it up didn't really do anything for me. I know a lot of people were like excited celebrating that they moved up the release date for me. And this is the pessimist in me. I think this thing's going to be going on in June during the original release date or what it was supposed to be. So I think if they had saved it till then, that'd have been fine. Cause I don't think we're gonna have sports then anyway. Um, so yeah, that's, that's where I am. Um, to me, we're just cramming all this stuff in the beginning. We've, we've had tiger King. We've had this, you can't film new shows. So what's going to happen when we get to a point, if this goes on, you know, another month or two, what's going to happen when you don't have any other stuff to release? We just watch the office again. Well, I mean, I've been doing that too. So yeah. (laughs) I I mean, that's a decent point. Um, That's a decent point. We've had tiger King. We've had the bonus episode, which I haven't watched the bonus episode. And I don't want to watch the bonus episode because it's just a reunion episode. Like, how has your life changed? And apparently Joel McHale interviews them. One, I'm not a huge Joel McHale fan. Uh, He's all right in the community. I'm not a huge fan of his. I didn't like the soup. Um, And you didn't watch Walking Dead either. And he he hosted Talking Dead. So I imagine it's like. Oh, great. The the talk show of Walking Dead. But with these people that that might actually be worse than the zombies that walk the earth and uh, yeah i haven't watched the additional episode yet either i think i already said it on this podcast I, like i watched it it captivated me but i'm kind of done with it i don't need more so i mean i'll watch this one i would episode, watch but... more if there was a story but right now there's not a story it's yeah. too soon yeah i'm i'm fine with hearing updates but i, I don't need more produced oh yeah that show. if they want to if they want to next year or another year two years from now, if they want to release a season two, or there's other stories of like these big cat owners being crazy. I saw a story that was somebody put on Twitter from the New York times a while ago, uh, back when it happened, but with all the tiger King stuff, it got released. Like there was somebody that had a tiger in their apartment in New York city. Yeah. I mean, I want to see that story. So yeah, if they want to give me like a different cameras following him all the time, like Joe exotic, probably not, but tell me the story, like go back in the past, like other documentaries don't have to be there when it's all happening. So just, I don't know. Just tell me a different tiger King story, a different tiger King other than Joe exotic. I'm there for it. I don't need the, how has your life changed since the documentary? I could care less. (laughs) So what do you know that I need to know? Joseph, uh, well, since this podcast was held hostage for the second time by Leland McRae, uh, I, I had to watch Moana. The that's, the that's the sad thing. Oh, it was when uh, if Virginia Tech lost to ODU. We were not going to do the podcast was going to be dead is what Leland said. He was never going to do it again that time. Um, <laughs> luckily, Virginia Tech found a way, even though there was a moment in that game where I started to get a little worried that they were going to blow it. <laughs> uh this, that wasn't as directed at you, though. This 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 was a lot more... Uh... Yeah, this was a lot more personal. Um, I didn't make a demand when Leland didn't want to go to Captain D's or Long John Silver's. I've been to both. Yeah, but we're going again. That's the difference. I've we're going again. I I, I oh, it's been so comment. long. You can't things. accurately describe Long John Silver's. I rate things that surround that, war, that, that Long John Silver's and compare it to other things because I've had it before. No. I can't. You, you keep putting Moana behind other movies, and you might still. That's fine. Oh, but it's behind other movies. Now you can actually say it with, and I'll actually hear you, and I'll listen to you, and instead of this bull. I think if like, I made no, a I'm top kidding. 50 Disney I, movies. It must be terrible because I haven't seen it. I think if I made a top 50 Disney movies, Moana would not be in it. Fine. I watched it. 
Uh, again, you're welcome, podcast listeners. I'm the one bringing this podcast to you. Leland's just along for the ride this week. Um, I'm the one who did all the heavy lifting by watching this just average, absolute average, if I'm being nice, movie. We listen to it. We watch it on mute. Man, their songs are good. No, they're not. The songs yes. are okay. The only the song first... that was good was the crab song. Other than that. No, the crab song's the weakest. Oh, my God. You are so wrong. The crab song's the weakest. I like I like the guys from. Um, there's oh, two songs. There's two other songs. There's the crab song. There's uh, Maui's song when you first see Maui. And then there's the other song that just song. gets sung a hundred times throughout the movie. Well, there's the opening song where the dad's pretty much singing it and like telling her like that's who she's gonna be. Yeah, it's and, just a different version of the later songs. And then there's the song. I mean, it's a continued song. Then there's the um, her song, the one that you've heard a million times. How far I'll go. There's the ones where like the boat, the guys are singing in a different language on the boat, which is my jam. That is the absolute best. So I've just named no. three songs before we even get to to Maui. No. Listeners, he's wrong. This is not good music. I, I it's, am not. It's okay music. Uh, yeah, the Crab Song is the guy, best. By the guy that made Hamilton. He's, you know, overrated, I guess. This was overrated. Yeah. This was not his best work. It makes me not want to see Hamilton, knowing that now. I didn't know that before, but now I'm kind of a little not plus to see Hamilton maybe at some point in my life. Um, definitely not going to pay nah. what they want me to see. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I just, the story was eh. I didn't like The Rock going in, so that made me hate him and his character. As soon as he got on the screen and started talking, I was like, I hate this character already. Um, there was a but chicken she- in the movie that was just there and was actually leaned upon too much, in my opinion, throughout the movie. Like, oh, we need to laugh. Let's have the chicken do something stupid. Um, I, I mean, Disney staple. Yeah, but to of- me, it was leaned on more in this movie than others. This movie wasn't even the one I wanted to watch of the animated Disney movies that I haven't seen yet. I haven't seen Princess and the Frog. That was higher on my list to watch. I haven't seen Toy Story 4. Yeah. That was higher on my list to watch. Um, then watch it. Tangled was higher on my list that I haven't seen to watch. So this was at least the fourth animated Disney movie. And if I looked, oh, no, Coco's on there. That's, that's another one. Um, so this was far down the list of things I wanted to get to. But I had to watch this one immediately because apparently it's such a great classic. Um, speaking of when I went to Disney plus, when I went to Disney plus, yeah, sometimes I don't need to, sometimes I can watch the trailer and say, that's probably not going to be a good movie. And it wasn't, I would say it's average at best. Um, when I, when I went to the Disney plus and I looked at blockbusters just to see, okay, is Moana, you know, one of Disney Plus's touted things. I saw a lot of animated Disney movies on there. I saw the princess and the frog. I saw Coco. I saw Toy Story 4. I saw every Avengers and Star Wars movie. You know what I didn't see on that list? Moana. Because even Disney Plus knows, like, hey, we I should probably care how Disney Plus pump this down. This thing. Look at box office numbers. Moana's bigger than all the animated movies you just said. Frozen 2 was on there. Frozen 2's going to made more money, but that's fine. Moana is more money than Princess and the Frog or whatever those other ones you meant. It, it was a big blockbuster for Disney. Don't worry about it. It's fine. Now you have a reason to say you can talk about Moana and have an opinion that I'll listen to. Before it was dumb. I, you didn't have that, so that's fine. You can not like it. I, I really don't. What's care. the moral of the story with Moana? I I really appreciated that this girl, you know, had drive and had a goal or had had like 
what she felt was right, how she could help her people, and she stopped at nothing to do it. She saw something that needed to happen, and she stopped at nothing and did it, and she made it happen, and she saved her people because of it. She uh, learned through the process. It wasn't just a easy process where she's like, oh, I'm going to do this. It's going to be hard, and then everything was easy from there. It was ups and downs. She learned. She learned to listen. Um, she did a lot of it on her own. She forced you know, the rock who was very bullheaded and, and thinking he knew all the right ways. She actually helped him out a lot and actually made him have a better life because of it. I, I liked it. I liked the strong female lead. I didn't have a problem with that aspect of the story. What I had a problem with is with the rock. Okay. So he doesn't know how to use his hook at one point in the movie once he gets it back. Uh, and then all of a sudden magically he just starts to, Oh, now I can do it. Okay, great. I'm um, glad we had that temporary plot device of, I don't know how to use it. And now, poof, magically I do. Great. Yeah. That was fantastic. I mean, as, a, as a standard in the kids. Um, I, don't, I don't know what you want. A problem that goes away quickly. If you're going to hate every, I mean, a Disney movie that has that problem, then we're going to knock a lot. Of, all those ones you want to go see, that's, that's going to be tough. Coco has that. Toy Story 4, Great. I would bet, has it because I haven't seen it I yet. don't know. The other Toy oh. Stories didn't have it. Um, oh, temporary problems? Yeah, I bet they didn't. They might have had temporary problems, but there was an actual solution other than poof, it just gets fixed for no reason. That's my problem with this. I just mean, for no reason. All of a sudden, I remembered how to do it. Okay, cool. Um, fantastic. Also, I'm leaving. Um, and what was going to be the most obvious twist in the battle? He's going to come back. But usually when that happens in a Disney yeah. movie, you see the reason Her for Harrison him coming Ford, back. That was so stupid when Harrison Ford came back, when, when Han Solo came back. So but here's the thing. Usually when that kind of thing happens, you see the decision being made. Oh, I need to go back. This, this is why. Not, this, this movie's not called This movie Maui. didn't have Maui. that because, again, uh, the writers just didn't have time to throw that into the hour and 45-minute you didn't see that in the hour and 45 minutes slop they threw on the screen. Uh, again, the chicken was leaned well, like, on too much, in my opinion. It's a dumb. What you said. You just ignore it. It's a dumb <laughs> chicken that is leaned on entirely throughout the movie. And when we, we want to say, why do kids not get humor as much as they used to? Or why do kids seem to not focus on anything? It's because we, we underappreciate and undervalue what kids can do. If we actually showed kids a story and actually took time to write a good good story and didn't lean on oh let's have this funny chicken just on the screen <laughs> numerous times it felt like in every scene i had to watch that stupid chicken do something i just wish the chicken would have drowned at the beginning of the movie and then the kids could have learned the lesson hey when you have a stupid person and they don't listen and they do stupid things like walk into the ocean you just let them be in the ocean and drown because they're not worth saving that's so the message we should be sending the kids you're putting all this just on Moana because Frozen is loaded with all this. Both yeah, wow. That's another movie I don't like, though. That's fine. I just, you're just not going to put all this on Moana. I think Moana's better than Frozen. I think, I honestly, I like Tangled. I like Tangled a lot. I hope you do watch it. I'm, I'm not going to hold the podcast hostage again for it. But I think I like this movie better than, than Tangled. I thought the music was generally better. I think the songs in Tangled are pretty good. I think they're clever, but I really do like the music in this one. I don't know why you're trashing the music. It kind of surprises me on this one. But the Because compared to other Disney really movies, pretty. it's not that, good. That opening scene when, like, she's a little baby and she's, like, in the water, the, like, the water, the ocean is, like, mm -hmm. talking to her or whatever, and it, like, folds up. And she's, like, I just thought that was, like, the prettiest thing. Um, I don't know. I just, I really like the music. I'm surprised. I'm surprised you're down on it. 
compared to other Disney movies, it's not that good. I've heard the music in The Princess and the Frog, and I love it. That's why I wanted to see it, because I was like, well, if nothing else, at least I'll get some good music out of it. I and, definitely like uh, this movie way better than Princess and Frog. I bet you I love the music in Princess and the Frog better because no, no, I've no, already I'm heard not, it. That's fine. I, if you like the music better, I'm liking the movie overall. Okay, well, see, I've already said that I thought the movie itself was bland. Um, so the tiebreaker, if Princess and the Frog story is bland, I guess the tiebreaker is probably going to come down to music because that's what usually what it is in a Disney movie. If you like New Orleans jazz, then maybe, maybe yeah. we'll like that one better, I guess. Yeah, I'm going to love it. And uh, li- it's going to be ahead of this. Feel. Mm, it's okay. I don't have a problem with like Hawaiian it. stuff. I just I like didn't think this was stuff. good. All right. Well, you watched it. I'm glad you did. Great. I hate that I did. Um, I, <laughs> I don't I, like I, I this movie. Even happier about it now. Yeah, I didn't like this movie. You keep saying, oh, well, compared to Fro- oh, great. Let's. Uh, I've complained about Frozen, I believe, on this podcast before, too, because I said Olaf should have died in yeah, Frozen. but you also down you also trashed this movie because it wasn't on their blockbuster list when Frozen's yeah. like the biggest moneymaker ever. You think that like that's the deciding factor for something? Just shut up. Like that's stupid. Well, I think this is a bad movie. I think Disney Plus knew it was a bad movie too and was trying to hide it from me. It's like, mm, don't watch this. And I was like, Well, I'm sorry, Disney. I'm sorry, Iger, uh, and Mickey that he's, uh, he's not there anymore. That's true, he stepped down. Uh, he's still there for now. He's stepping down, but he's still there for now, I think. Um but Sorry, Mickey. Uh, Leland's making me watch this because I don't know, because he thinks it's hilarious to watch bad movies. You think Princess and the Frog is just going to be sitting in your lap when you turn on Disney Plus next time? <laughs> I don't know. It's on my list. If you've added to your list, fine, but it's on my I, list. I, yeah. Moana gets pro- like promoted all the time still from Disney stuff. I, I, I don't recall the last time Princess and the Frog was. Toy Story 4 will be right there. I haven't watched that one. I, I think we'll probably watch that this week. Yeah, I want to see Toy Story 4. And I got to be honest, like I might have to watch Toy Story 4 to restore my faith in animated Disney movies because this one took a big blow to it. Between that and Frozen, which are the two most celebrated Disney movies of recent releases, that's a problem because I think those movies are bad. I think the I just, stories like- are lame. Moana is my favorite of the of the newer Disney movies. I'm, I have to go 90s or new or older to kind of build my list ahead of Moana. I think as soon as I watch Toy Story 4, I will have topped Moana. I'm just not as big into Toy Story, any of them, as, as much as other people. I don't know why. I think it just hit late. I think when it came out originally, it was just like on the backside of when I would have enjoyed it. I don't know. I guess if you're holding me down and telling me to pick one, I would probably pick Moana over Frozen, but it's by a hair. I don't really like Frozen 1 that much. I don't like Frozen 1. I haven't seen Frozen 2. I don't care to see Frozen 2. I think I probably like it better, just because maybe I got so sick of the first one. (laughs) Yeah, I I didn't see Lion King 2 or Pocahontas 2 or... Those are like straight to... Hunch of Notre... uh, Hunchback of Notre Dame 2, so I'm not going to watch Frozen 2. Those are like straight to video or... VHS, yeah. big release things, so... Yeah, I just... I didn't. I don't see what all of the hubbub is about Moana. I just don't think it's that good. I think, I think when we look back in twenty years, and we have failed as a society, it's going to be movies like this that just really aren't that good of a story. We just need better stories. I don't have a problem. I don't have a problem with a female lead. I just think we can have a female lead and also have a good story. And I haven't seen that. I didn't see that in Frozen. I didn't see that in Moana. So. 
I mean, Princess and Frog, y'all have a chance. Tangled, man, I, I, as much as I like Tangled, she depends on a man quite a bit. Um, so it's not not the same thing. Um, yeah. Brave, Brave had a... Women. That's what it is. No, I like Brave. Brave was a... Is that... Yeah, that was Brave Pixar. Brave was good. good. That was a really good story, and that was a really good movie. That's probably my second, like, like when Moana became my favorite of recent times, it probably beat out Brave. Oh no, Brave was much better than Moana. Mm, not for me. I'm not. I still love Brave, but it just wasn't. It. No. I, I. I absolutely love Moana. No. It's not good. <laughs> well. Folks, we'll have still have another episode of the podcast after this, thanks to me. So uh, unless Leland comes up with another hostage demand now that he's gotten this, uh, we'll be back if, next if week. You just, if you don't just like for eight months say, yeah, I'm going to watch that. I'll watch it here soon and not not. I don't think I ever said soon. I said I'll get to it eventually. And wow, I'm so glad I watched it. So now when I do my definitive Disney movie rankings, it cannot be in it. Just like it wasn't going to be in it before. They have these things called trailers. That's what people usually watch to decide whether they want to see the movie or not. Moana didn't sell me on it in the trailer, so I wasn't going to see Moana. Unless I had time and I was like, you know what? Let's see what it's all about. Uh, But then I got held hostage, so this is what happens. And unfortunately, I negotiated with a Disney terrorist in Leland and had to watch this movie so we could keep doing this podcast, and I immediately regretted it. As soon as we... There's a lot of terrorist behavior in and around Disney. Don't worry. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yep. But that will do it for this episode. On that note, we'll wrap up this episode of the Yak Sports Podcast uh, with Twitter. We're on Yak Sports Pod, Facebook at Yak Sports Pod, or you can email us yaksportspod at gmail.com. Tell me how great Moana is, and I will just ignore it. But that's fine. Someone, Someone make us a bracket. You're entitled to an opinion. Oh, yeah. Put Moana as a one seat and see what happens. Bracket of anything. It doesn't have to be Disney movies or Moana or anything. It can be not Moana related. We need we need more brackets. Yeah, give us some more brackets. We got a bracket tonight that we knocked out. Um, I, I enjoyed that one. I don't know how much Leland enjoyed it, but... You would. I didn't make it. What's wrong with Dude, the Muppets? What's the last name of the guy that did make it? Yeah, he's smart. Um, he's almost a doctor, (laughs) but, but, um, that will, if you comment on Twitter or Facebook, give us some brackets, email us a bracket, yaksportspod at gmail.com. Uh, we'll go ahead and break it down. Apparently Leland hated this bracket, which is sad because Leland hates the Muppets and everything that is good in the world. So instead he likes Moana, which is a bad Disney movie. Until next week, subscribe on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify so you never miss another episode. For Leland McRae, I'm Joe Deck. Thanks for listening to the Yak Sports Podcast. You've been listening to Yak Sports, your Augusta County sports podcast.